so that I'd never leave your side, but you always stay by my sometimes wonder that you can't ride away. All right, Bill and Dave's excellent podcast. We're here at GNO 459 North Ogden Avenue in Chicago. GrandinOgden.com. Pretty happening place here in the city. Um, it's a huge show. We got the band Stands Show Off. The whole slow. band is here. Yeah. Show Off. What's up, guys? Hey. <laughs> I didn't know it stood for Grand in Ogden. I appreciate you clearing that up. Yeah, yeah. It took me a second. It took me a second. But uh, so we got uh, we got Chris, uh, Dan, Dave, Nate. George, right? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, you got it. Nailed it. The whole the whole gang is here. <laughs> so, um, so you guys, uh, real quick, I definitely want to plug the show that's happening tomorrow, Saturday night. Uh, that would be the sixteenth over at Concord Music Hall. You guys are playing with Mest. Yeah. You guys are reuniting, um, yep. and you got done with practice just now. So, are you guys excited? Feeling good? Yeah. 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 Practice went awesome. The shows that we've had so far have been awesome. A lot of good responses and nostalgia going on and it's been really really fun so it's um it's gonna be an exciting show i got tickets i'll be there i'm really looking forward to it um the you're gonna be there yeah yeah yeah, i'll be there for sure are you kidding me yeah for sure um you guys really fascinate me this band because you guys came out um what 97 98 and you guys got shot out of a cannon out of the chicago music scene right what, after about a year, you're playing with Goldfinger, you're signed to Maverick Records? Yep. Um, <laughs> you guys play, you know, I, I, I'll move around a little bit, but you guys are young kids at the time. What are you, 18, 19, 20? Yeah, right that, around there. That level of success that fast had to have been overwhelming. What was that like for you guys? We started doing heroin a lot. Yeah? Well, <laughs> yep. no, no. Still trying to stop. <laughs> I, was, uh, I was just telling the story. We were like kind of getting shut down by all the local labels that we thought were really cool like Johan's Face Records and you know Lookout Records and Asian Man and so you know it was just like at that time you sent out letters with with your demo tape and um, at some point uh, yeah we opened for Goldfinger and that uh, that was like our dream we're like what if John like you know totally like takes us under his wing and somehow that happened and it was a way to kind of bypass all that punk rock we're cooler than you stuff they didn't really accept us in chicago so it was kind of like of course you know we were thrilled <laughs> too which is weird and, it, and it, you guys caught a lot of crap for getting so much success so early um was that it, it seemed like were, were other bands were other bands or people in the scene, were they giving you guys a lot of grief for catching so much success early? Oh, yeah. There was that guitar rumor. Yeah. <laughs> there was oh, what few. was there the guitar rumor? What was that? Somebody thought that there was a show somebody's guitar yeah. or something. There was a show we played with. Reputation for stealing stuff. Even yeah. Though it never happened. Actually, not till later when our drum tech decided he was going to be a little thief. But that was like two years after that. Kind of weird. And that wasn't it. That wasn't around here. And that was our drum tech. But yeah, the, so basically, we had uh, a friend of ours borrowed us his rusty, just awful looking like Fender guitar. Telly, yeah. yeah, and some kid was in the crowd and was like, You guys stole that guitar. And I was like, What the hell are you talking about? Kind of looks like He's like, That's my friend's 67 Fender or something. And I was like, Dude, this is a this is like a '95 reissue, like Squire version, of whatever. 
But yeah, I don't think people gave us quite that much uh, crap because all of us were in bands previously, so we yeah. all played the scene for a long it's, time. Yeah, I think it felt that way at the time, but looking back, it was just, you know. Maybe well, some animosity that you guys didn't have a hard time getting gigs because you've been playing in the scene for a while? Or? Probably, because you know that the show with Goldfinger actually happened because we had been playing the scene for so long with our other bands that the when we got together as Show Off, yeah. um, we had a good following right off the bat like people knew our bands people came to our shows and yeah, back then a lot of people came to shows anyway yeah. but dave eves who gave us that show gave us that show because we had played so many shows and earned all of the fans that we had so most of the bands did not have a problem with it but you signed to a major label Every band that either cannot get signed to a major label or can't get signed to a label, period, get upset because they didn't get the chance to do it. I mean, it was Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I mean, it comes with any type of success, even if you were, you know, if, if it took you a few years, right? But when you signed to a major record label like Maverick, who at the time was pretty huge, I mean, yeah. Alanis, um, didn't they do um, Deftones? Yeah, Deftones. The Rentals. Yeah. So, do they? Do you lose any creative freedom as a band that you had when you were independent, or did they try and mold you into into something that you weren't? You know, the cool thing about it was um, we had the vice president of Maverick Records is who signed us, Guy Osiri. So he's ultra famous guy himself. He literally told us when we got there, he's like, I don't want you to listen to anything on the radio. I want you guys doing what you do. Like, we love what you do. I think at the second album that we were going to release that we didn't release, he did, or they did, Maverick Records, I don't think Guy O'Siri was as involved. They did, I think to a degree, try to get us to do certain things with songs that we were not comfortable doing, and we were like, no. We don't want to do that. Remember, they wanted to speed up um, yeah. our slow song. Yeah, they were trying to have us to rehash an old it song no to re-release the album. Yeah, things things always get a little weird when, when an A&R guy leaves, and that's exactly what happened. I mean, Guy O'Siri didn't leave, but we were with a new A&R guy, and he didn't really understand what we were going for. Yeah. yeah. And th- that's the thing I like about you know, I was uh, Today I've been listening to the self-titled. I popped that back in, and... I like the fact that there's there's a lot of variation from track to track, right? So there's not like some some skate punk bands, the albums, the the songs kind of sound the same, but you guys are all over the place. I mean, there's a little bit of everything in there. There's some slower stuff, some faster stuff. Is that by design or? I think I think we were more labeled a pop punk band on accident, just because that was the time. I mean, we did anything that felt right with what we were doing. And, I mean, Chris's songwriting is way more dynamic than just being in that shell of pop punk. It's just, I think that we just accidentally fell on that. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, that, that'll tend to happen, I guess, when there's a genre, like, at, at that time that was getting big, and you have to fit into this box, I guess, as a band, right, mm-hmm. uh, according to, to the powers that be. Um, so you guys come... Out of that, um, Maverick sells or something. There's some restructuring there, and then you guys kind of go your separate ways for a little bit. And I don't know. I don't want to get into. I don't want to rehash anything that's that 
that's uncomfortable. But nothing's off limits. <laughs> it's honestly like nothing that we're worried about talking cool, about. Cool. Chris, so that, Chris slept with my girlfriend. <laughs> no, it didn't happen. No, it never happened. I slept did. with Chris. <laughs> that we, did happen. We all slept with each other. But, you know, I like the big schlongs. It was a no-doubt so moment. Dave's more of a medium schlong guy. Small, Doesn't medium. work for me. Depends on the weather. Where, where were you going with that, though? Well, no, I was just going <laughs> to say, see, yeah, yeah, no. you guys, you guys kind of go your separate ways. And, and by that time, you guys have been together playing and touring shows for, what, six years, plus or minus? Um, yeah, probably right around five years yeah, at the point. It felt like so much longer, but, yeah, I think we kind of lost sight of, like, the the reason we started it, and so we had to we had to disband for a little while and remember that it was just about like this guy's songs, and we all loved him growing up, and even before we were in the band, we loved his old band. And uh, uh, Chris has one of the most amazing voices, seriously. <laughs> and I'm not just saying that. Come it's on, nice. guys. It's pretty good. It's pretty. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's nice to hear, yeah. but um, not, not that good. So <laughs> <is your> voice. <laughs> so then you you. You released an album with, with, with a new band, essentially. Well, sh- titled Show Off, but not with these guys. Well, with Nate. Oh, with Nate, yeah. With I'm Nate sorry, Nate, yeah. So You what? W- <laughs> oh, yeah, by the way. Excuse me? <laughs> so was that, was that awkward, or was that difficult, or did you have to have some conversations? No, or? you know, I actually talked to everybody and asked them what they thought of um, me continuing it, because it's kind of what I wanted to do, and... And uh, everybody was good with it. Yeah, you know, do your thing or whatever. And, uh, you know, Nate Nate and I have been doing music together for, I mean, Show Off ended in 2002. Um, Holiday was Basically right 2003, yeah. And Holiday was right after that. So Nate and I have been doing music together for 13 years now, you know? Wow, wow. So Nate and I, we did that. We did the that Show Off album. It was all songs that I ended up writing for that and then. Um, we ended up getting out of that. We did that one EP, and we ended up not doing any more because I think I think that like Nate, both Nate and I, both felt like we wanted more. I don't know if it was exactly that, but kind of wanted like more of the original people to do it to really carry on show off. But yeah. Now that album, I like that album too, but it's it's definitely it sounds different, you know, than the first one. So there was some you guys. Evolved. No, it doesn't. Well, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I I thought, um, I thought that uh, you know it was it was definitely kind of a sign of you guys uh, evolving a little bit with the with the times, you know. Um, oh yeah. And I don't know if it was on that on that album. Was it was it that one where you worked with? Um, oh, what's his name here? I have it right. Mark up. McCluskey. Yes, yes, yep. yes. And um, uh, Trombino. Trombino was with the unreleased show-off album, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Mark Trombino was with our second album that never got released. Wish You Were Her. And that was yeah. the one that was one that I wanted to ask you about, too. What? Wh- yeah. How come, did it bum you out that that didn't get released, or was that was that your call that we're not going to release this because Oh, issues? no, we, we wanted to. Um, yeah. It was a thing where, uh, yeah, we... We like we're in the studio forever. Um, like Maverick spared no expense with that album, so we're like, this is great. We got to work with like the producer we wanted, Mark Trombino, um, and we loved the songs. We felt like like we kind of found our our niche as a band, and uh, I think once it was done, there was uh, 
just that thing where like there were two bands on Maverick, Mest and Show Off, that both had a, kind of a similar sound, and maybe Mest was a little more like radio ready at the moment, so they had to make a call. It felt like. Well, and there they, was the inner turmoil too, because yeah. that was right when I had quit yeah, originally, quit and the so I think okay. Mest just as an entity was more stable at the time too. So yeah. that had probably something to do with it, I'd imagine. I I actually uh, I remember I listened to a podcast that Dan did, and I heard that same thing. But I have a totally different take on what happened. Oh yeah, what do you think happened? Because I'm just guessing. What, what happened was. Um, we had a new manager, Josh Karchmer, in New York City. And when we talked to him, we wanted to get a different label because the label that we were on, Maverick, at the time, we didn't feel like they pushed um, that that first album very well. Like, they pushed Falling Star. We yeah. were like, okay, Falling Star is cool, but, like, at the time, you're talking Limp Bizkit was a big band, you know. Um, Corn was a big band or whatever, like those bands. They were going this one direction with Falling Star, trying to get a an opposite direction of those bands, you know? Right. But we what we wanted to do was have our more punk rock stuff out there. Like, we wanted... I don't remember what song it was. I want to say it was Spill. Was it Spill that we wanted? Yep. Spill. I think we wanted Spill to be our next single, something like that, like a harder-edged, more punk rock song out there to portray the image that we felt was more like us. Um, not that Falling Star wasn't at all like us, but... Right. So with the second album, we were like, we're recording it, and we were like, we, we changed management, we got this new guy, Josh Karchmer, and what we said, from what I remember, because I remember the conversation with Josh was, get us off Maverick. We want off of there, yeah. no matter what, we want off of there to shop this record. And he had talks with them, and I'm sure that having messed on the label as well as us was um, part of that and a factor in their decision. But we wanted off the label to begin with, so when he got us off, whether they dropped us or not, um, I felt like it was our choice to be off of that label. Yeah. But the record industry was crazy. You want to hear a crazy story? Yes. Let me tell you a crazy story. <laughs> so show off. We continued. Dave quit the band um, during that second record. Um, and honestly, probably, um, I know Dave likes to take, Dave does not like to put blame on anybody. Dave likes to put blame on himself. But to be honest with you, if I were in Dave's shoes, I would have quit the band. I don't think that we were genuinely valuing everybody the way they should have been valued. That's how I feel. But either way, the point is, we went, we had a showcase, okay, in New York City after that happened, right? After the oh, Maverick yeah. thing. Okay. We had a showcase in New York City. I was in my apartment in um, Lyle, Illinois. I was sitting in the room. Four our lights. showcase, our showcase was September thirteenth. Two, we were leaving that day. Yep. I woke up to see the planes hitting the, tri the the twin towers. Our showcase was canceled in New York City because of that. Wow. Yeah. So like everybody, you know, I mean, people are way way worse affected than we were because of that. But yeah. that's how it affected us. It affected us because we were in the middle of trying to get a new deal. We couldn't yeah. play our our show. Yeah. crazier thing not not crazier but crazier because it adds on to the mystique I think of this band honestly the second showcase that gets showed up or for show off 
get set up in New York City again, right? Now, labels are freaking out. They're like, you know, financial collapse, ruin, because it's Wall oh, yeah. Street stuff. They're like, everything's crazy. We don't know what's going on. Nobody wants to sign anybody. So we set up another showcase. There are a lot of labels that had interest at that point. We show up in New York City, a bunch of people wearing masks, tape from the building we're playing, WWE Center, tape from the edge of that building to the next building. We show up, and we're like, what's going on? I get out, I'm like, I walk up to the cop that's standing there, and I'm like, dude, what's going on? It's the day of our show, showcase. And the cop says, did you hear about um, the guy who mailed anthrax to a news building? And we're like, yeah? And he goes, that's the building, right there, that's the building. And we're like, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. Wow. So no labels showed up to the show. Yeah. There were a bunch of kids, but no labels showed up to the show. Um, everybody was freaking out, and now they're even freaking out more. And we had done the record, that second record, from January until April. From April till December, we did 256 shows. More than a show a day. Jesus. Yeah, it was crazy. I have, not anymore I don't, but when I was younger at that age, I had horrible panic attacks, horrible anxiety problems. I was taking anxiety medication, I was taking Paxil, I was taking all this stuff trying to make myself um, feel normal. Yeah, balance out, yeah. Yeah, but the touring like that, I was so worn out by the end of it, and because those showcases didn't even do anything, that the reason that show off stopped at that specific point was i was like i can't do it anymore man i am every morning i'd wake up i'd have like a three-hour panic attack and then when i got to chicago i literally went to like a psychiatrist i was like on tons of medication i slept i think 15 hours a day and when i was awake i was having such bad panic attacks that i had to take anti-anxiety it was awful it was totally awful but that was the reason that show-off stopped at that point. 2006, when Nate and I started doing it again, we decided that we wanted to stop doing it after that first record because I'll be honest with you, when we were touring, we were touring with bands that were like, Nate, what were those bands? Like, Screamer? Like, Glamcore, like, straightening their hair in their trailer. I'm not kidding you. Like, Nate knows... You're talking about the Rise tour. Yes, we were on Rise Records. We were we were in a band called um, Farewell My Enemy. Nate and I at that point, it was yeah. like screaming. It's kind of like like Bullet for My Valentine type type deal. I don't really know kind how to describe it. Like some of the songs were, I, I thought they were pretty good songs, but it was more like a more hardcore type sound than like a pop punk sound. Right. There's definitely a little AFI influence. In okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay. All right. And the bands that were there, literally the crowds I saw, we started that band, we were touring. There was a guy, a tour manager pulled up to our show. He's like, you guys get 100 bucks. And I was like, dude, it's a sold-out show. Like, can we get $150 more for the two bands who are on the label that your band's trying to get on? Can we get $150 more so we can have gas to get to the next place? That guy pulls up in a brand new Cadillac. It's an Escalade. Escalade. Yeah. And he goes, he, and, and we know that the headlining band, <laughs> his band, the local band, had gotten $800. We're like, can we get 150 more? And the guy's like, no. He's like, I don't work this hard to get nothing or whatever. He's like, and I was like, dude, you don't know anything. This is in Sacramento, California. I was like, you know anything about the scene, man? Obviously, 
sold-out show, 1,100, 1,200-cap venue. It was, it was a big venue. It was huge, yeah. So we're like, you don't know anything about this this scene, man. I was like, you know, I, I've been touring for a crazy long time at this point, and I was like, we're only asking for $250 total for both bands just to get gas to get somewhere. And the guy was like, no, no, I know I know what I'm talking about. And then they tried to fight me. It was, it was a crazy night. And at that point, we were just both like, we're done. We're done. Like, I, I, the, the crowd didn't move. They, they, like, just talked to each other the whole time. I was like, is this the scene? Like, is this is this how music is now? Because I don't want to do it anymore, man. Yeah. There and were then, some great bands on that tour, though, that we toured with. There they like, were, yeah. yeah. There were some guys that were really cool that we made good friends with. There was a lot of fun in that yeah. aspect. Right? I'm sure Dan could probably tell you about the same thing, the crowds, when Dan was doing the fold. Really? When you said you got in a fight, I was thinking like the exact same thing happened with Fold at the time. I think it was just like a weird moment where um, these young promoters were like taking on a show and they didn't understand how to promote a show. And they would lose their shirt and they'd blame the band and the band would be like, well, then why did you give us a guarantee? It's a guarantee. Like... Yeah, and it's that's not all like, we have. And no band guarantee. is asking for five grand at our side. Like, yeah. you know, you're talking like a couple hundred bucks or five hundred dollars, like at the most. And uh, yeah, it's nothing to them, really. Nothing. Uh, to, yeah. Well, yeah. Every, think of a normal person working, sure. making five hundred dollars. Uh, you know, who who makes whatever what minimum wage or something. When you're in a band and you tour, people think, oh, five hundred dollars is a lot of money for a show. No, it's not, man. If you're out of town, you have to drive to get there. Gas isn't free. I mean, it costs a lot of money to pay just oh, yeah. for gas to get there. It's crazy. Then on top of that, you all have to eat. You have five or six people with you. All have to eat that day. You have to find a place to stay. If you're lucky, someone lets you stay there or you're sleeping in the van. The more, majority of the time in show-off, even when we were making money, I bought ramen. I had a plastic <laughs> tub. I put hot water in it from the gas station. Closed it up and then waited for it to cook itself, <laughs> and that's what I ate. That in Kool Aid, like that's that, it. That's like a jail meal. Yeah, that's all I could afford. <laughs> Honestly, when I got home, I didn't have money for my bills. I couldn't. I mean, as a band, when you're in a band, unless you're in a huge band, you don't make anything. You just don't. Yeah, I was at Metro and I was out uh, talking to one of the guys, one of the bands that opened, and we were just talking. He goes, "Yeah, we made like thirty bucks tonight." We, you did or? He's like, no, we as a band made thirty bucks. Thirty it's, bucks. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, then they were. I don't want to say the the, the band they were opening for because I don't know what the the situation was, but uh, I'll say it. It was an Alkaline Trio show, and wow. and and yeah, and I, maybe that was a deal bucks. that their people worked out. I don't know. You know, somebody made money. The band did. It's hard to say with those shows because I'll tell you, um, Alkaline Trio. There's two people, uh, Matt, and. Um, Dan and I know both of them a little bit. I knew Dan from back in the day. I know that those guys, their management are the ones who are going to make that contract. They're the ones who are going to say this is how much is how much they get. And the bands who get on those shows, they make their own deal with. I mean, just to play an Alkaline Trio show, honestly, like that's a big deal. And if you're oh, not an huge. out of town band, if you're not of a town band, then thirty dollars is not good enough. Yeah, and and but, for what it's worth, you know, he could have been bullshitting me anyway. What do I know? But but yeah, I mean, I, I can sympathize with that because you're traveling. I mean, you don't have the big tour bus. Like, I think I think there's a uh, some people that'll go see a show and say, "Oh, these guys have you know a nice van or a nice tour bus," and that's not the reality for bands that are struggling to make it. 
And that's something that like Bill and I push all the time is you guys got to go out and see these shows, you know. And you play if you played a, a half-packed house or whatever, you guys, the bands are the ones that hurt, not the not not anybody else, you know. Yeah. And that is so not the prevailing mentality. That's really cool that you guys do that. Yeah, we. Nobody, we, yeah, nobody we, thinks like that. Yeah, we try to think local and 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 get people out and try and promote it as much as we can. But you know, we're just too too chubby guys doing a podcast it's at the end of the day it's we're just a couple chubby guys doing a band <laughs> a couple so, of us are chubby so um so you guys have a new ep coming out we were talking about right and, you, and I, I, yeah. I i saw it, it's out now or you guys are releasing a little slowly uh i mean it's it's not done we, we've let some demos slip out there just to yeah ease I saw, some yeah. people you know because it, logistically, to keep this thing going is a little difficult at times. So, you know, we don't want to just keep saying, hey, we got this new thing coming out and it's three years later. So it's like, we got to give them something, but um, we're working on it. And I definitely think it's going to be worth the wait. It's going to be pretty badass. Now, does it, now we were talking before too, and, and you guys are from all over the place. It's not like you're, you're living within a mile of each other. <laughs> does, you know, does the internet and Dropbox make make things a little bit easier to kind of work together before you get into a studio? Yeah, yeah. One cool thing is that all of us have the capability to um, record like a high quality version of our parts and then share it through, like you said, Dropbox or with Pro Tools. You know, there's ways to do it all in the cloud nowadays. So it's, That's it's awesome. pretty cool. We're not doing that in our band just yet but hopefully that's where we'll be headed um we've talked i said beheaded um we've talked about going over to nate's place in nashville and he's got a whole um area of his house that's converted for multi-tracking you could do drums there and oh that's awesome in nashville huh? that's 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 the place to be it seems yeah, like yeah. nowadays so um so how is the writing process and and playing together how is it different now than it was when you guys first came up? It's so different because now we're not just hanging out in a garage three days or three times a week, you know? It's it's a little weird, but like Chris knocks out songs like yeah. the rest of us are knocking out beers right now. I mean, that's, just, that's the one thing I would say really hasn't changed is that Chris is just like, he's always been like the most prolific guy. He'll write, you know? five songs and he'll be open to like what we think of them which is crazy because it's like if I write a song and someone doesn't like it or says anything negative I'm like oh screw you man I get but, that uh, yeah I get that I I take criticism to the heart so like is the so it's pretty collaborative then so if you write a song and it's okay for for Nate to say Chris that sucks dude that's your or is it you guys build on no. things? No. <laughs> Wait, what? No, he cannot say that. We can't tell him it sucks. It sucks. We gotta ease <laughs> him into it. Oh, okay. No, you can. Yeah, I don't care, man. Like you know, I write. You write like uh, I don't really know how many songs I've written at this point. I think probably around 40, 30, 40. I thought you meant like ever. I was gonna be like oh, at no, least no. a thousand. Well, for this re <laughs> this record. Yeah, forty at least. Um. So yeah, just like I like to throw them out there, like. I used to think of when I was younger, I used to think of him as like my baby and then you'd put him out there and like someone would change something, you'd kind of be like, eh. Now I kind of put him out there and I'm just like, I don't really give a crap like what they do to it. But here's the thing though, the difference is back then, um, 
none of us were good. Like we, n none of us were good. We were just, we were like, all right, but we didn't really know what the hell we were doing. Now it's like, if I write a song, I will guarantee you when it goes through this little progression of all these guys, it's going to be better. Like it, not, not, there's no doubt in my mind. If I send it um, over to Dave, Dave's going to write a better bass line than I wrote. If I send it to Nate, Nate's going to do a better guitar part than I wrote. If I send it to George, George is going to do a better guitar part than I wrote. If I send it to Dan, Dan's going to destroy the drums that I programmed into whatever it is. I know for a fact when it gets back to me, I'm going to be like, I just said to me. When it gets back to me, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be where, I, where I'm like, this this is I am a good songwriter. Like look at what I did. And the song You see these yeah. guitar riffs? I did that. That's sort like, of that's kind really of. where uh, that's what I think made us want to pick this back up is that like the songs deserve that. Like they deserve our diligence and you know all the things we've picked up and learned over the years. Like why shouldn't we pour that into this thing that we've labored for the love of it all these years for and we yeah. believe in it we you know, still it, believe in it what's the what, what's the writing process like for you when you're when you, does, it, does it come to you is it is it a phrase is it a melody or or um I always think that's weird I don't really know I don't know just kind of comes to you do you, you write it down or record it on your no, phone or I don't know what I do I'll be yeah. I, I really <laughs> I just like usually I it's, it's different every time honestly it's not I'm not I don't feel like I'm prolific in songwriting. I don't feel like I'm a great songwriter. I feel like I'm, I just get an idea and like, it turns out to be some of them, you know, you throw out a million, th if you throw like 10,000 pieces of shit at a wall, some of them are gonna stick to the wall. Right. You know what I mean? That's all there is to it. It's not, nothing great about me. I just come up with an idea and then I, literally, I know these guys wanna be humble they're not like this off Sounds mic. pretty prolific. I'll tell you that. These guys, are, these guys are arrogant assholes off the mic. Yeah, if it wasn't for me, your songs would suck. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. They're not at all, but they're, so, they're super humble. But really, um, I feel like I come up with an okay idea, and then it comes back as a great song. That's what I think. So, so uh, a song like uh, Falling Star, Yep. right? That was the one that made uh, number 36 on, the, on one of the Billboard charts. I have no idea. That's what I was reading. That's what it says. Sweet. So that's cool. So hey guys, <laughs> let's high five. Let's high five to that. High fives. I, we never got that news. We never got that memo. No. Um, Falling Star was pretty bad at first, from what I remember. It was, it was fast. It was fast. It was like the most like typical Chris song, like as far as it like, was really bad. Middle it was of the a road. Typical Chris song. Uh. No, no, no. It was just like middle of the road. <laughs> and I remember you calling me. You were like, "Oh, Maverick wants more songs. We have to write more songs." And I was like, "Well, that's not the one." <laughs> like it was just like Chris would be the guy who would like call your house and just like play songs over the phone to you. And so, like, that was one of those songs. I think you played that in a song about, like, a blue screen. Staring at a blue screen. Da -da 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 -da. There were no such thing as a blue screen back then. To keep my attention. What the yeah, hell? Dude, TikTok till you don't stop song. It was like the answer to messed. <laughs> but yeah, it was like Falling Star was just in there with these songs. And I think we got with John, and he had some ideas. And. Just like whatever was great about that song totally shined. 
Well, you guys mind yeah. if I play it, Falling Star? Do it. All right, cool. And then maybe we'll play one of uh, the new songs then after this. Yeah. All right, cool. I love hearing our stuff. <laughs> right on. I'm just kidding. Here you go, Falling Star by Show Off.
All right, we're <laughs> we're back. That was Falling Star. We're back here at uh, GNO 459 North Ogden oh, in Chicago. GrandinOgden.com. It's uh, so nice of these guys to let us do this. We've got the band show off here. Um, big show, big show tomorrow. Um, yeah, we are so pumped. Saturday the 16th, so if somebody listens to this next week, they don't think that there's a show the oh, next yeah, day. Yeah, but. I was going to ask about that. Do you post this, like, immediately? Yeah, I'll post it tonight. And, wow. uh, which is You are for, a fast yeah. worker. And it'll be on iTunes hopefully tomorrow morning with any luck. So, wow. Yeah, so that way... You know, can, I can pimp it out. And Are yeah. you married? Yeah, yeah. We'll see how long I keep doing this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> keep touching my leg. <laughs> Weird. Jeez. So, <laughs> so the, show, the show tomorrow at Concord, um, you can go to concordmusichall.com if there's tickets left. There may not be. Um, yeah, I don't do you guys have few. any new? Yeah, there just might be some. Just a few at this point, yeah. Um, so how did how did this show come come to be? So you guys are playing with Mask. It's yeah. their reunion show, and you guys are supporting them. Uh, how did this come together? It's a co-headlining show. Co-headlining show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it's one of those things. Like when the smoke clears, we all like we all do did this for the same reason. So like, Mast, you know, they had their little breakup, and they came back very very similar to what. Chris did. He was with different guys, and I think when uh, when they came back as the original lineup last year, like there was that thing where they're like, "Show us back together." Like, why are we not playing together? Like, screw everything that absolutely you know would have made us feel like we were at odds with each other. And so we just started texting, and um, Tony had some cool ideas about like you know getting Lucky Boys Confusion involved and doing like the Riv, and that's like a status none of our bands on our own could ever get to so we're like cool yeah i mean let's let's do something and uh then you know they they kind of made a decision uh riot fest got behind them and they were going to do like a big hometown headlining show um where it was just them and it wasn't like a riot fest you know festival and we were honored that he asked us to, to come and co-headline the bill and just make it like old times. I mean, this same bill could have been at House of Blues in like 99 or something like that. So, yeah, you know, pretty cool. when you think about good old Riot Mike, huh? how about that guy? Yeah. Uh, when you think about the bands that you guys came up with and st- still see, I mean, you mentioned Lucky Boys. I mean, they still they're still playing. Yep. Um, Mast yeah. obviously is, is back. Um you know, some of the guys that came up in your era, Fallout Boy, I heard there was a connection with you, Chris, and I don't know if you want to. It's a total lie. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's real. <laughs> yeah, shortly after yeah, the Yeah, right after Show Off, show off um, the, the girl that I was with at the time, um, she told me about a band that she, like, she, she was friends with some girl who knew this band or something. And so I went over there and hung out with the Fallout Boy guys and did the music for a little bit and um we had some practices or whatever and i don't know i it was it really wasn't my thing right um i think some of their songs are all right it was just, it's not my thing and that wasn't really what i wanted to do so i mean i'll tell you money is definitely not our thing otherwise <laughs> we can really say that uh we have not cared about money one, you know, breaking even, yeah, because we don't want to lose money, but if we can help it, but yeah, 
That wasn't my thing. They're nice guys or whatever, but it's not, it's about not the my music, thing. right? And, yeah, and it's about what makes you happy in life. Yeah, and to them, I'm you sure. Know? Yeah, I'm sure it was. I, I heard meaningful. some saying the other day, and I can't remember what it was. It was like something about like making money, and this guy was like, "Do you really want to do that?" He's like, "What matters? Like when you wake up in the morning feeling good about yourself, or you wake up to go drive your new Ferrari?" Right. I don't give a crap about having a Ferrari. So yeah, I I wake up and feel good about myself. I don't. Yeah, I mean, but they're yeah, they're a good band, you know. They, I mean, they, they're nice guys, um, and they do what they do. But yeah, I wasn't, I was, I don't know if I would be officially in the band, but I essentially told them I didn't want to be in that. Yeah. Band, so. At the end of the day, it, might, it was probably a good choice because <clears throat> it does. Yeah. It's not a good fit. If it's not a <laughs> no, good fit, it wasn't. It's not a good fit, you know. <laughs> I you know, you know that I really, I really <laughs> do not care one bit whatsoever i don't think about that a day doesn't go by that i that it even comes up unless someone else brings it up then i go yeah that was cool it's the same as i got flown out you know to california after show off to try out for zebrahead oh are you kidding me no yeah i tried out for zebrahead i i tried out as their lead singer and um one of the guys that was in there like there was a an accident with the baby while i was there like the baby had to be taken to the hospital. It was crazy and scary, and uh, I felt horrible for him. But it was—it really crunched the time that I was trying out um, because that happened. Which obviously, who gives a crap about me trying out in that manner? But they went with a guy from Las Vegas, and they did—they did made a good choice because they're still doing their thing, man. Yeah, it that's. Awesome. Is it, I wonder. Have, is they that were tough super to, nice guys. So would that have been a tough position to go in and, and be a singer of a? Of, of of another established band is like, oh no, not at all. Like you uh, don't think that'd be weird? Nope, not what? at all. Nope, I don't. Oh. To me, it wasn't not something so that weird. that would have bothered me whatsoever. Yeah, that's you can't think about that. Like you got to go in there if you're gonna do it because you love doing music, and you play. That's like the people that bash on cover bands, you know, like people oh, yeah. that hate cover bands. Oh, it's stupid cover band, and you're like. Dude, they're doing what they love and making music and making money doing it. Like, who gives a crap? I'm not going to care. I don't feel that's a cover band because I was writing stuff when I was trying out with them. I was showing stuff I wrote and whatever, and, uh, you know, it didn't work out, and that's cool with me. I don't I, – I, I, I honestly don't regret anything in my life. So, I, you know, it's. I think they're a good band, but I would never for a moment feel it's weird to take the place of somebody else. It's He didn't want to do it, so, like, I will. Huh. Yeah, I'll do it. That's so. The, I mean, coming out of that scene, I mean, the bands that came out roughly around that same time that that Show Off started playing. I mean, you know, I think Plain White Tees maybe were around at that point. Not that they're the same in the same genre, but just the, they're good friends of the, ours. The guys coming up, you know, yeah, it, it, it's really amazing when you think about it. I always say I put that late '90s, early 2000 Chicago music scene with the guys coming up. I'd put that up against against any. Against any city scene. It was better than any other place. Period. It was fun, yeah. Any other place. The 90s, like mid, late 90s Chicago scene, best music in any place in the entire country. Yeah. For fact. Yeah. For fact, there's so many bands you can name. Not even the big bands, but like bands like Houseboy, bands like uh, Tricky Dick, bands like... Oh, I forgot about them. Purple there's so many tea. bands from around... Chicago that were so good. 88. So good. 88, 88 Fingers, Fingers Louis. Oh, my God. Yeah, so Bowie many. Was. 
the Smoking Popes. I mean, and you guys just played with them recently too, so you guys oh yeah. still still connected to them. Yeah, totally. Those guys are still than ever. they're still killing it. Smoking still, Popes. Yeah, Mike is a friend of mine. Actually, I did a band with him right now, like a little bit after the show off. Yeah, it's it's well, amazing. Not that long ago. And you go to these shows, <laughs> and at least in Chicago, I mean, and I'm sure you guys will see it. People will be singing your songs back to you. You know, I think the the the. The, the fans are very loyal in this, yeah. in this city. <clears throat> I think of that era, they are. Yeah. You know, like, I go to a Lucky Boys concert, and, I mean, the crowd, they're selling out still, and the crowds are singing their song. I, I would, you know, I think I think this is a good place to be if you're a band, especially releasing a, a new EP. That's going to be pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people, um, it's, it's, We've, we've thought about this like people you know sometimes they, they want to hear the nostalgic songs and they don't want to hear new songs but we're just kind of not even going there in our brains like if, if it feels right and we we have a song that we feel so confident about we're going to do it and that's why we, we want to do that EP because like you said he's got you know 40 songs and 20 of them are amazing so uh, that's where we're at we're just we're not overthinking it and we're just putting putting our time and our our uh, attention to these songs. Yeah, that's where uh, so this new the new lineup at this point is um, three of us: Dan, Dave, and myself are all original members. There was only four of us actually in the original lineup, yeah. um, and Graham was the other guy. Right. He's not doing that now. Now we have George and yeah. Nate, and Nate was in that. 2006 version, but and I grew up with you guys throughout. Yeah, George is. Uh, me and Dan are brothers. Oh, really? okay. My, my so, little yeah, bro. So I used to like fill in on guitar when Graham couldn't play and whatnot. So I was always a fan, and then I've only been in the band for like two years now. I think the first time you played with us, we had like a. Ha- I was telling Nate we've all or something. we've all collectively known each other as a group since like 1997 because I knew Nate from yeah Cracker Jack and all that club phenomenon stuff. Yeah, it was always kind of silly that George wasn't in Show Off because he was there. Yeah, I was always like the number one fan of the band, so (laughs) joining it now is pretty cool. (laughs) That's that's so. What can we expect to see uh, at at Concord, and then uh, and then you got the other show coming up too, which we'll talk about. But for tomorrow night, for those people that are going or on the fence, what can we expect to see from Show Off tomorrow night? Just gonna have a blast. We uh, we we tried to pick our most most rocking songs, and these guys always get silly. And Chris usually ends up like making out with a dude in the front row and getting all sweaty. And he likes those guys. Rubbing. I don't want, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about that right now. Have you just have to come to the show if you want to witness it. That's right. Have yeah. you guys played Concord before? I've actually never been there. No. Uh, George has been never there. Been. No. I went there for Screeching Weasel and okay. the Queers, and then I watched the Queers, and then I went outside to get a burrito because I wasn't that familiar with the Dwarfs, and then I couldn't get in to see Screeching Weasel. <laughs> oh, they wouldn't let you back in? No. Oh, son of a bitch. I had to have that burrito, though. <laughs> I was pretty drunk, but still. But it is a cool place. Wait, you <laughs> left? <laughs> I went to when get When the Dwarfs came on? I'm not familiar with what the Dwarfs. What the hell? And now you the know the age difference great. between him and us. <laughs> uh, but, uh, kids, yeah. man, am I right? <laughs> Freaking kids. Sorry. Kids. So what do you say we play another song, and then we'll uh, after that we'll talk about the the show coming up with Less Than Jake. That's an exciting one as well. Yes, let's let's play our new song. 
Yeah, baby. Featuring Darren Pfeiffer from Goldfinger. <laughs> on the drum. Oh, you re- you re-recorded my drums? Yeah, we're, you we didn't think effort. you did a good job. Sorry. You know, they, they said... Uh, um, Darren's um, an awesome drummer. Paul McCartney used to go in and re-record Ringo's drums, right? Well, Paul McCartney, he, um, he McCartney. was standing outside of his apartment when Nate and I walked past it. Really? No way. Yeah, you remember that, Nate? Wake up, Nate. You, you walked by Paul McCartney's uh, apartment? Paul McCartney's house. And he was oh, out yeah. There. And yeah. he was standing outside. We were like... That was during the time that all that... Crazy stuff was going on with this divorce, right? Yes. Because there were gu- there were armed guards all oh, around the no complex. Way. There were two dudes in black suits. We were ju- we were like, uh, this guy that was showing us hit like the neighborhood or whatever in um, in England. He was like, oh, well, let's go walk past Paul McCartney's house. We were like, all right, you know, and, and we we're like, oh, what if Paul McCartney was there? Because like, you know, come on, what's the chance? So yeah, we're walking no past, way. and these guys in the black suits, they like get in your face. And just stare at you like, like mean Super mug you. Super intense. Yeah, like right in your Jeez. face, and we're like, all right, obviously they don't want us here. And John, John Lennon could have used those guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> terrible joke. Too soon. Too terrible soon. Joke. <laughs> yeah. So we walk past, and then uh, seriously, Paul McCartney walks out with his kids, and he's like, "See you later. See yeah. you later." And oh, we're shit. like, "Get out of here." There's no way that we just saw Paul McCartney at his house. Like, yeah. He was like, Julia, I'm just walking the dog. Hello, how are you tonight? <laughs> you fantastic. You were in Do you like mine? Do you like mine? Where were you? Mine? Like the UK? or? Yeah. Do you like my yeah, accent? Over the UK. It was, uh, wow. We were touring with MXPX and Punchline. Oh, that's awesome. Do a little bit so of Irish actually accent. Actually, like half of us, MXPX, half of Punchline, all oh, going on this tour. Oh, it's good to see you oh, now. It's pretty awesome. That's more Irish, I think, right? Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hello there. It's so, nice to see you. That's the one I know. <laughs> then you do the Scottish one, and I did the Scottish impress- impression in Scotland yeah. for the yeah. Scottish girl. Yeah. She's like, dude, and I was like, you don't know what you're talking about. Get your fucking head out of my face! God damn it! <laughs> you real little fuck! That's a solid impression, though. Thank you. So angry. You got him laid. I'm not angry. I'm fucking happy right now! Yes, you fucking cunt! I love it. For fuck's sake! <laughs> Let me drink my beer, you fucking bitch! They don't say bitch, do they? I don't know. I don't you're know. <laughs> you fucking wanker. You fucking piece of shit. All right. <laughs> Drink your beer and shut your fucking hole. So and on to that next song. Speaking. Oh, yeah. Here's well, the new yeah, song. Yeah, here's the new song. What's it called? <laughs> what are we Part calling it? Two. Do we have a name? This one's called I Don't Hate You Yet. All right. It's and, called uh, I Don't Hate You Yet, you fucking cunt. <laughs> Of of the new songs, this was the one where we're like, we need to play this tonight. Tonight. So we learned it, right and, now. Uh, and then we uh, we found ourselves in a studio where we had free reign to record whatever we wanted, and uh, this was the first song we tracked. So shut it. Give the guy one beer. <laughs> no more Miller Lite 64 for you. <laughs> He's uh, a dick. 
right, here you go. So yeah, we, we kind of wanted this one to be to be out there for the fans, and we haven't actually released it other than these little it's download just for cards. You love. Yeah, passing that's, out one at a time. We that, want it to be organic. So. That was a cool. I've never seen that before. Where, where did you guys come up with that? Uh, where they you, you were posting a code on Facebook, or and they would enter the code and. It was like this. This will self-destruct, and yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's a download card. So we were, we were. The plan was we hand them out to each person at the show. But we get to the show, we have a few beers, and we we get scared of everybody. So we only handed out a few. So we're like, let's post like one or two of these throughout the week, and just let we let took it from them. Secret Orphan Annie. Yeah, it's like the Ovaltine code. Yeah. Our drink more Ovaltine. Be shown to you drink your Ovaltine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll check it out. What's the name of it again? I don't hate you yet. I don't hate you yet. Here you go. It's I about off. my dog. It's about I'm Chris's dog. Really? Not even a joke. We'll talk about that. Here you go. I don't hate you yet by show off. I wish it was a joke.
Back at GNO, 459 North Ogden Avenue, Chicago, Illinois. Grandandogden.com. Grandandogden.com. I'm with the band Show Off. The whole band made it, which is so awesome. That's so cool. Um, We're missing Tiny. Yeah. <laughs> Tiny is Are you sure uh, it's not break. awkward, though, that we're all here? <laughs> no, it's cool. Five it's awkward that I don't have enough headphones. mics and headphones. Uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> It's rare that I get that I get the whole band. It's, it's we were awesome. just talking about that though. Like sometimes when it's just a couple people, it's easier because it's not like oh, oh, you, you answer this one. No, this one's this one's got your name all over it. <laughs> yeah, it works. It works. You guys have obviously done this stuff before, so you make it easy. But um, March third, less than Jake. Double Door. You guys are playing with them as well. Yeah, this was a weird one. Um, and this, I, I meant to say this earlier, It's this has been a huge part of like why um, it's so easy and natural for us to do this again because like these bands that we idolized growing up, Less Than Jake, um, Smoking Popes, um, MXPX, it's like these bands are somehow asking us to be a part of their bills and it's like of course we're going to do that like of course that's how we want to come back and that's the, you know the fans we want to be in front of and so this one came up and uh, we've actually been talking to uh, Vinny from Less Than Jake about just the new songs and letting him hear stuff and uh, he asked us to be on the show and it was like sold out before we could even announce it and it's just like that didn't happen back in the day yep. <laughs> so we're just like what is happening with this band and we're just so so excited and happy about it i was reading an article that uh chris you were interviewed in i think it was in the tribune and it was it was around the time you guys were touring with goldfinger and i and you expressed some concern that like these shows aren't selling out and uh you were a little frustrated different time when you when you play with less than jake now and it's already so that show's already selling out yeah. um when you guys uh when you guys are booking these shows how how do you how is it different now than it was then is it easier to because you're 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 more well known when you were coming up i mean you guys saw so much success so early on yeah this time around are you able to kind of pace yourselves to do it at your pace or is this yeah yeah i think it's maybe easier now because we were so not in control of it back then and uh now it's like you know it's a decision we all make for ourselves there's no manager telling us you know you should do this you shouldn't do this i think for the first 
two months of show offs uh major label career once the album was out we were on like a secret tour with everclear that like nobody could know about and we're Giddick, like get it we're like what is this like coca-cola tour first of all that's the one band we said we never want to tour with <laughs> everclear like, yeah we just literally our caa creative creative artist agency um sat down with us and they said who do you want to tour with and we're like Pfft. Weezer, Green Day, like Rancid. So like all these bands we would love to tour with. And they're like, okay, is there anyone you don't want to tour with? And Dave says, yeah, Everclear. Don't want to tour with them. (laughs) And the first call they give us is, you're on tour with Everclear. How is that for the Are you serious? So it was not only the worst band you could tour with that we didn't want to do, or at least I. But then it was a secret. We couldn't even tell anybody. Not not a big Everclear fan, are you, Dave? (laughs) And then you know what? By the end of that tour, everybody else was like, I hate Everclear. And I was kind of like, they're actually all right. (laughs) (laughs) They were not all right. Let me tell you. You want me to tell you the story? Yeah, yeah. Listen to this story. The Dan story? We play... Which one? Weird. The one where he told Dan to get off the stage or whatever? No. Oh. So this is the last show that we played with them. The it was in the girl, Austin, yeah. Texas, right? Yeah. Austin, Texas. So I'm not I, I was so I was okay with them. I didn't I don't I don't care about their music, but I didn't care about that either. Um, all I cared about was just having a good show and like a good tour and having fun with my guys and um, but I'm picking up chicks because you know you try to do well, that. That's part of it, right? You, yeah. When you're a young guy, you like, try to. I feel like you might have dabbled in that. A little bit. Um, <laughs> I'm married, man, and I love my wife. What, what I wouldn't, right. what I wouldn't give to be 21 and in a band that's touring. So listen, this is what happens. This is a true that. story, okay? So people don't know about this story because um, it got taken off of MTV News because obviously MTV are cowards. So yeah. this is what happens. MTV takes the story off. But what really happens is Everclear's on stage and they're playing. Okay, Okay, wait. Let me preface it just for like Please. five seconds. Throughout the tour, Art, Art, the singer, Fart from Everclear, was getting like increasingly frustrated about people throwing things at the stage. And he was like, you could tell he was like in his head about it. Yep. It, it would like, you know, hit the microphone, mess him up, hit him in the head. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so... <clears throat> um, I I didn't really care for art from Everclear, and I'll and I'll tell you why. It's because many times I have a conversation with him. I like at the very last show, I went to like high five and just like good luck with your show, just trying to be nice. Totally just like head nodded and walked past me, and I'm like, wow, what a douchebag. <laughs> so I was like, whatever, you know, people love him, whatever. That's great, good for you, guy. You go on with your bad self. So he went on, they went on stage, <laughs> somebody throws a plastic bottle and it hits him. Okay? That's karma. He stops the show and he goes, we're not playing, we're not playing anymore until someone tells me who did this. A bunch uh, of people raise their hand, right? A bunch of people because they're just course. like. <laughs> it's a rock show, right? Yeah. I did it. Yeah, and, they're, and plus we people are just like, it. just play, like we came to watch you, just play your Play your stupid show, Art, you idiot. <laughs> Play Father of Mine. Yeah. <laughs> no uh, wonder. the Breaker, you know. <laughs> hey, so listen. What about the Breaker? So he's, so, you know, we're from, we're from the actual, like, punk scene of Chicago. Like, right. you know, I got, 
I got shot with BBs on stage. I had glass bottles thrown at me. This guy gets a plastic bottle, stop show. A girl, 15-year-old <laughs> girl raises her hand. One of the people who raised their hands. A security guard brings her on stage. She trips, falls on her knees, right? Falls on her knees. Now I I see the percussionist come out. Percussionist comes out. He has cowboy boots on, does every night, okay? That's fine if you want to wear cowboy boots. He, but he wore cowboy boots and kicked a 15-year-old girl in the chest. No. I swear on. to God he went to jail yeah, for it. No, I watched Really? It. That definitely happened. And then Art from Everclear, who has a daughter. It's never been so clear. Who was like 12 years old or whatever at the time, okay? But you have a daughter you should know better because you should know how you would want other people treating that person. Oh, yeah. She's on stage. She's already crying, right? She's falling on, falling on her knees on the stage. Art from Everclear walks up with a bottles of water and beer in front of 2,000 people, starts dumping them on this girl's head. She was a chubby girl, okay? But again, he should know better. He starts calling her, you fat fucking whore, you bitch. You don't fucking do this shit at my show. People are cheering about this shit. Are you serious? I oh, am wow. dead serious, cheering about this shit. Pours it all over this girl, this 15-year-old girl, right? So we went backstage and we got the veggie tray of theirs and started pelting him in the head with tomatoes, bananas, <laughs> fucking, and he was like, oh, ha, 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 ha. We're like, no, ha, ha. No. Like, we're literally throwing this because we hate you. So throwing this stuff at him, their percussionist runs off the stage or something after police get called, the girl's outside. I ran outside, I saw her get transported to the hospital. She was having an anxiety attack, obviously freaking out. Oh, yeah. Injured, her favorite band of all time, just did this to her on stage. She gets transported to the hospital. Um, Precautionist runs on the bus. Magoo, our old guitar tech, and then guitar player is on there. Precautionist is like, uh, hey man. And Magoo goes, doesn't know who this guy is really. You know, he didn't, well, hasn't been paying attention or drunk the whole time maybe. Uh, who knows, all of us might have been. But he's like, he's, and Magoo's like, do you hear what, the, what that guy did, man? He's like, yeah, he totally kicked that girl in the chest, man. Fuck that guy. And the guy's like, oh, oh, that was me, man. And he was like, what? And the guy's like, the cops are coming, man. Could you just tell them that, like, I didn't, you didn't see anything, I didn't do anything? And Magoo was like, no, fuck you. I'm going to tell them exactly what you did. I know where you are. I'm going outside, and I'm telling the cops or whatever. But we got kicked off the tour. We got kicked off the tour. Thank God. Well, it was probably for the, the secret tour. Who promote? Who's promoting that, by the Coca -Cola. way? Coca-Cola. Jeez. It's you unscrew the cap, and then there's a code, and you call in, and you get in for free. Oh, you gotcha. Get it tour or whatever. If you don't know, you don't go. Citizen King was on that tour, too, and oh they were friends gosh. of ours. The good thing about that tour was meeting Citizen King, but fuck Everclear. I forgot fuck about Everclear. those guys. Those guys were good. Those guys were, oh, man. Matt, their singer, was an awesome dude. Christian so was cool. an awesome dude. There's so many of those. Those guys were really, really great guys. And they moved to L.A. We actually saw them. I was walking down the yeah, road. I was like, in, on Melrose. <laughs> yeah, we saw Christian. And I was like, how? And the Christian's like, Matt from Everclear. Or Everclear. from the hell? I had two beers, man. <laughs> uh, Matt from Citizen Christian King. from Citizen King goes, Matt, the singer, he's like, Matt lives here. And I was like, wouldn't that be crazy if I just saw him? And me and my ex-girlfriend walking down the street. I see the guy from we did see him, yeah. from uh, what was that? I can't remember the band. Oh, uh, 
he was walking out of this dry cleaner and I go, oh, it's the guy from this band. And I was like, hey, you're my butterfly. Yeah, crazy, yeah. Crazy, huh? town. Crazy, crazy town. Crazy town. <laughs> you're the crazy town guy. Sh- shifty shell shot. <laughs> <laughs> I see that guy walking out of the cleaners and I'm like, that's that guy. And I was like, I'm your butterfly. And he mouths yeah, the words while I'm singing. Him. And he gets in his car, just takes yeah, off. <laughs> and then I'm like, wouldn't it be crazy if we saw Matt? And it, and as I say that, no shit, in L.A., how big is L.A.? In L.A., Matt is driving by. And I see him, and I'm like, dude. And I was like, Matt! And he sees me. He turns around, picks me up. We talked for a while. I'm not going to get into that story, but... <laughs> Uh, it was uh, yeah crazy. Those guys are really cool. That's awesome. Uh, fuck Everclear. I guess we could say that. <laughs> fuck those yeah, guys. Fuck Everclear. It's safe to say. Yeah. Um, well, you guys, we've uh, we've been chatting for an spo- hour. I haven't talked enough. <laughs> no. We've, I haven't said enough yet. We've crushed the timeline. Can I get Nate to say some stuff? Yeah. Let's take and this George. From Chris and let's get Nate and George. Let's give them like five minutes, guys. Dude, you guys can have the whole night. I got nothing going on. I just give these guys some time. These guys, I don't care if they're the new and the medium guys. These guys have rounded us out and made us the, the best the version of show off possible. Like so talk to these guys. And that's that's awesome. Me, I've been here from almost day one. You know, I'm not an original member officially. No? Yeah, maybe I should have like a formal apology. There's this guy, good oh. friend, Pat Callahan. Oh, yeah. Okay. He was the bass player in Show Off for like the first week or whatever it was. Okay. And Dan and I had played in bands prior, so he wanted me to come out and check them out, and they were borrowing a PA of mine. And after they practiced, I was blown away, but I was a dick enough to say, hey, you guys are really good, but your bass player sucks. Kick <laughs> him out and let me play, and you'll be better. And then that's what they did. Hey. Pat was so, on that Pat, I'm sorry, but I do love the guy to death. He's one of the coolest fucking guys. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, uh, that's my formal apology. Now let's talk to these guys. All right. So, Nate and George. Right. Let's, uh, well, before, let me make sure I, I, get, I get your guys' stuff out there. Uh, showoffband.com.bigcartel. I have that. Dot com. Yeah, for okay. merch and stuff. Uh, Facebook.com slash showoffmusic. Uh, Twitter, showoffband, at showoffband. Uh, there's a band camp, which is... Dave is on Twitter all the time. Yeah? I- I'm a social media whore. That's awesome. So just You can find me or the band stuff, and I'm all over it. Yeah, that's... Yeah, the Twitter is show off band on Twitter. Uh, Bandcamp, I love Bandcamp. I think it's great for bands. It's a great way to get your music out there, and, and you can, you know, if you if you're tight on money, you can just pay whatever you want, right? For for you can set it to. I think I think your unreleased album is on there. Yeah, the whole uh, record's up there right now. Yeah, showoffband.bandcap.com. Check that yeah, out. Yeah, tell them how much that that album, the Wish You Were Her album, is, Nate. I don't know actually. How much is the Wish You Were It is her whatever album? you feel like paying. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's the coolest thing that you, that you know. I was talking to my kid about that. And he's like 15. He's in the music and he knows Bandcamp and he's like, it's awesome. He's like, you know, if you have five bucks and you got 20 bucks, whatever, you know, it's a great way to do that. So that's cool. What what kind of music is your son into? Oh, he's into he's he's big into uh, his favorite band is All Time Low. He's, oh, awesome. Yeah, oh, cool. yeah. Oh, cool. Raising him right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's 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 all in. Um, so George and Nate, the medium and new guys, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nate, guitar player. George, also guitar player. Yep. Yeah, up. we take the place of one person. Well, well that one person, um, what was his name again? 
Graham. Graham, that's right. But it takes a two to make uh, things go right. Oh, yeah. So... <laughs> Is that so? Does that provide a different sound then for show off having two guitar players? You can like layers. Well, yeah. Chris used to play guitar and sing originally, and then uh, Graham and Magoo played guitars for a little while, and then yeah, and then Nate was in Show Off, the second coming of Show Off, 2.0, yeah. which is so an awesome version too, by the way. They're both great. I mean, I can't, I couldn't pick one. Yeah, literally the first time we practiced, we just played the songs like no problem because we all know so well. But uh, yeah, it's been pretty easy to be in the band. You, you said you've known the guys for a long time and you were a huge fan, so you were almost like the understudy kind of, it seems like, yeah, we just played, by default. I remember there was one time, it was like the day of the show at the Johan's Face House. I forget what the circumstances were, but like they were like, we're playing the show tonight, Graham can't make it, can you play it? And I was like, yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's similar circumstances. We're both pretty big fans. I actually had known these guys was it 97 that we figured out we've all collectively known each other yeah yeah 97 yeah wow. we all played in bands different local bands my local band at that time had broken up and i went to a show at metro i had a couple friends ask me what i was going to do and i remember i was like whatever it is i'm going to do if i'm going to do another band i kind of wanted it to sound like show off that's yeah. the direction i want to go and chris called me two days later and that's when we got into starting a band called the holiday kind of been plugged in with it ever since then that's awesome yeah. that's awesome so what does the future hold for show off is it play it by ear or kind of see how it goes or what do we got going on in the works? Working oh, on a new album right now. Yeah, a lot of Chris has a lot of great song ideas that we're kind of tying up and polishing up right now and just playing a lot of shows. Yeah, that's awesome. And uh, we know the Lesson Jake one is coming up. He got messed tomorrow night. I don't want to keep you guys out late. Any guys got to rest up? You're gonna have. A we late also, night tomorrow. in case you cannot make the Lesson Jake show since it's sold out, so you can't. Right. Um, we have a show in Milwaukee. On the fourth, the next night, at BBC, um, it is BBC. G Daddy's BBC. Okay. Um, in Milwaukee with our friends, uh, Avenues. Oh wow! Cool. Great band. Uh, very good friends of mine. So, come out to that show. It starts at like eight. I want to say. If you can't make that one, uh, the Lost and Jake show, come out and see us at the Milwaukee show. It's going to be awesome. And I'm going to be honest. I live on the northwest side of the city. Driving to Milwaukee sometimes is faster than coming downtown. So and it's not you that bad. stay the night in my sure. house. There you go. My wife and I are closing on our house on the 29th. Oh, congratulations, homeowner. Thank you. That's awesome. You can come. There's going to be We're going to party, and it's going to be amazing. I feel sorry for your neighbors. I think there's going to be blow-up animals and everything. Yeah, that's <laughs> hot. No, that's awesome. Congratulations on the new house. Guys, uh, anything else you want to plug while we're while we're here? Anything, uh, any other projects coming up? Um, so we got the show on the 3rd with Lesson Jake sold out on the 4th up in Milwaukee with the Avenues. Yeah, um, just the Avenues. Oh, the avenues, yeah. Avenue, Avenue, right? I make that. I do that all the time. Yeah, <laughs> just, just do it. Um, anything else you guys want to plug? Uh, just head over to showoffband.bandcamp.com. You can get all the music, and uh, yeah, got a yeah the showoffband.bigcartel.com. If you want some merchandise, we're uh, add us on Facebook. Yeah, Facebook as well. We're all on there, and we talk all the time oh, to yeah. people on there. Show off music is our. 
page there. You guys, you guys are very active on Facebook and a fun page to follow, if anything. So definitely check that out, <laughs> guys. Thank you so much. I can't, I can't thank you enough for coming out. I look forward to thanks seeing you guys tomorrow us, night. Man. All yeah, right, thanks thank for you. Everything. And say hi to Bill for us. I will. I will. What's up, guys?